Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark and happy to be with you again. Hope you're enjoying these programs. Today we're going to be listening to the results of three sessions done for Keynote Records. Keynote was a jazz record label that did some folk and other things as well during the 1940s. It was founded by Harry Lim, who was a jazz producer, and uh, he... uh, had a particular interest in swing era musicians, and he had quite a few swing players come through his uh, doors, the doors of Keynote Studios during the 1940s for about three or four years, two or three years, I guess. He produced dozens of sessions, some of which we've uh, explored on these podcasts before. We've done several of the ones that were uh, recorded by Jonah Jones, a great trumpeter with Cab Calloway, and some of the musicians with that group. Also, uh, Joe Thomas, the great swing era trumpet player, who we're also going to here on the first session today, and some other things as well. Today we're going to focus on the three interesting recording sessions that were done featuring like instruments, uh, the trumpet ensemble, the trombone ensemble, and the saxophone ensemble. And this was an innovation of Harry Lim's, kind of an interesting concept that worked pretty well, I think. Um, He would bring several of the same instruments in with a rhythm section. They'd do some arrangements that were done by various people, and also have some great solos as well. We're going to start out with Little Jazz and his trumpet ensemble. Little Jazz was, of course, Roy Eldridge. He was under contract to, um, I think, Decca at the time, I forget, or Brunswick possibly, so he couldn't use his name on these uh, sessions. These were, uh, this particular session was done on January 24th of 1944. This was one of the early keynote sessions. Uh, we have... Uh, some earlier ones that had been licensed from other companies that featured the New Orleans trumpet player George Hartman, and uh, we've heard those on a couple of uh, podcasts as well in the past. But this one, Little Jazz and His Trumpet Ensemble, features Roy Eldridge, Joe Thomas, and Emmett Berry, all great swing-era trumpet players, backed by Johnny Guarneri on piano, Israel Crosby on bass, and Cozy Cole on drums. Kind of a house rhythm section almost for Kino Records at the time. We're going to hear the four tunes that were done that day. We probably have done a couple on different podcasts, but best to have them all here anyway. We're going to hear the Edgar Sampson tune, Don't Be That Way, followed by the Vincent Humans and Irving Caesar tune, I Want to Be Happy. Actually, that will be the third one. In between those two, we're going to do an original uh, tune by Cab Calloway, believe it or not, Fiesta in Brass, and that's kind of a, a blues-oriented tune. Then we're going to go on to the St. Louis Blues, the venerable St. Louis Blues by W.C. Handy, and there'll be some great solos all around. Of course, Eldridge was probably the great stylist of the three. He uh, had been performing in in various jazz bands in in, uh, New York and other places since the early 1930s. He was a key member of the Willie Bryant Band, the Fletcher Henderson Band. He uh, went out on his own uh, with his uh, smaller band, seven or eight piece band at the Three Deuces and then in Chicago, and uh, was later featured with Gene Krupa's band before forming his own big band around this time. Emmett Berry replaced him with Fletcher Henderson, had a similar style. We'll hear him kind of uh, doing a buzzier style, I guess you'd have to call it, even hotter if that's possible. And then Joe Thomas, who was renowned for his open playing. He was a marvelous open trumpet player in the Louis Armstrong style. Big, beautiful sound and wonderful melodic ideas, so you'll be able to distinguish them, and I will sum all that up when we get to the end of the session. So those are our tunes for the first set. Little Jazz and his trumpet ensemble featuring Roy Eldridge, Joe Thomas, and Emmett Berry, January 24th of 1944 for Keynote Records. Don't be that way. Fiesta in Brass, I Want to Be Happy, and the St. Louis Blues. Thank you. 
So that was Little Jazz and his Trumpet Ensemble, and featuring, of course, the music of Roy Eldridge, some great Roy Eldridge playing in there. And he was more than amply matched by Joe Thomas and Emmett Berry. We started out with Don't Be That Way, um, which had a theme statement by Emmett Berry, kind of a straight-ahead one, then a beautiful melodic chorus by Joe Thomas, giving out with that uh, lovely mid-range broad sound that he had. And then uh, Roy Eldridge comes in with a Harmon mute in. He played quite a few muted solos here uh, with a double-time feel in the rhythm section before Emmett Berry takes over on the next chorus, wide open. We also heard some uh, great piano solos during this date by Johnny Guarneri and Israel Crosby, who was still quite young. He started uh, recording in about 1936 or so when he was about 16 years old, 35 I think it was, and so this is less than 10 years later, so he was probably only in his mid-20s, but still uh, a first-call bass player. And, of course, the dean of swing drummers at the time, Cozy Cole, who was still playing with Cab Calloway's band, and uh, uh, he led a date or two on keynote as well. So after Don't Be That Way, we went to Fiesta in Brass, which is credited to Cab Calloway, but in the notes to this album it says it was a Roy Eldridge tune, which is probably more likely. Uh, a blues that starts out with, again, uh, Roy Eldridge with Harmon Mute, and then solos by Joe Thomas and Emmett Berry open after that. You can tell the difference. Emmett Berry was a much hotter in the sense of fiery player with that buzzy sound that he got from Roy Eldridge, whereas Joe Thomas had a much more romantic concept of trumpet playing, I believe. After that, we went to uh, I Want to Be Happy, another fast version. Uh, again, Roy Eldridge starts out with Joe Thomas and um, Barry after that. And then we finished up with a particularly fast version of the St. Louis Blues. Started out with Roy Eldridge, muted again. Then Joe Thomas on a very Louis Armstrong-style open uh, solo. And then another Emmett Berry uh, solo, followed, or actually uh, interspersed with another excellent piano solo by Johnny Guarneri. This was largely a blowing date. Uh, these were issued on... Uh, 10-inch uh, 78, so they're about two and a half to three minutes long. Not a lot of arrangements. There's a little fanfare on Fiesta and Brass and some background figures here and there as well. But these were definitely uh, designed to feature the trumpet solos of the principals. So now we're going to go to something quite different. We're going to go to Benny Morton and his trombone choir. And this was recorded a few months later, May 30th of 1944. Also for keynote, all these done in New York. This features four trombone players, Benny Morton, Vic Dickinson, Bill Harris, and Claude Jones. And these use a lot more written material. I don't know who did the charts for these. Uh, I don't believe it was any of the trombone players. Benny Morton in a, an interview said that they had the charts there when they got to the studio, so somebody must have been commissioned to do them. The rhythm section was Johnny Guarneri on piano, Al Hall on bass, and the great Sid Catlett on drums. None of them were arrangers, so I really don't know who did that. Uh, the first tune we're going to hear is Where or When, the Rogers and Hart tune, that features some beautiful uh, trombone passages, four trombones in harmony, a really lovely sound, along with some solos, and we'll recap the solos when we uh, get um, uh, to the uh, break after this. Then we're going to hear the George Gershwin tune, Liza, the beautiful ballad uh, featured by uh, Frank Sinatra with the uh, Tommy Dorsey Orchestra, Once in a While, and then an original tune credited to Leonard Feather, who I guess produced the date, called Sliphorn Outing, but it was indeed a version of the old standard Avalon, and that featured more solos than uh, the other performances did, which were much more ensemble-based. And these were done on 12-inch uh, 78, so these are about four and a half minutes long, so a little more room to develop some ideas. So this is our next set, Benny Morton's Trombone Choir, Where or When, Liza, Once in a While, and the Sliphorn Outing.
So that was the Benny Morton Trombone Choir, recorded in May of 1944 for Keynote Records. And uh, 
It's a little hard to untangle which trombone player is playing in places, but uh, the overall effect is really quite nice and a very organized session as well as we have some arrangements that were credited on some labels to Tram Bone. I don't know who that was, but anyway, some very nicely written for trombone uh, parts. There was a trombone player named Redbone who had played with Jack Teagarden's orchestra and was supposedly responsible for some of the trombone passages with him. That would have been about five years earlier, so possibility, I suppose. We started out with the Rogers and Hart tune, Where or When, and I believe the melody was played, or the beginning melody was played by Claude Jones, who was known as more of a lead trombone player. Uh, he was not a particularly outstanding jazz soloist, but he played lead in a number of bands, including Don Redmond's. A little bit later, he played with uh, um, Duke Ellington's band in the 1940s. Then we heard, uh, I believe, a solo by Bill Harris, who was then quite young, playing with the Woody Herman uh, herds, various groups there, the first herd, I think. And he was a stylist on his instrument, one of the first white players to play bebop on trombone, although his feet were pretty firmly in the swing era as well. Then we heard one of the great stylists uh, of the day, Vic Dickinson, <laughs> and uh, he had had a career that went back to the early 30s in McKinney's Cotton Pickers. He had played with Basie's Band and some others as well, Blanche Calloway's, and he was a very melodic and idiosyncratic trombone player whose career went uh, oh, about into the early 80s, I think, or the late 70s. He was a, a longtime partner of Bobby Hackett on cornet. They had a two-horn band at the Roosevelt Grill and made some wonderful albums there. And, of course, he was also part of the world's greatest jazz band in the late 60s and through the 70s. Then we went to Liza, the George Gershwin tune. I think uh, the leader, Benny Morton, plays the melody there. And then we hear, uh, might have been a split chorus, between uh, Bill Harris and Vic Dickinson. Uh, they come and go there. We also hear some really excellent piano work by John Guarneri uh, all through all three of these sessions. Actually, they, uh, or he rather, was uh, a remarkably gifted uh, technical piano player who could also do good imitations of Duke Ellington, Count Basie, and Fats Waller, and he was called on sometimes to do those in different recording sessions. And we hear a variety of different piano styles and influences on these recordings. Then we went to the ballad performance of Once in a While with a lovely melody statement by Benny Morton, then a very characteristic solo by Vic Dickinson, and another more beboppy one with a little bit more uh, flash to it by Bill Harris. And we finished out with that uh, contrafact of Avalon called Sliphorn Outing uh, that was credited to Leonard Feather. We started out with Benny Morton playing the melody. Then we had two choruses by Vic Dickinson, two choruses by uh, Bill Harris, one chorus by uh, Claude Jones, and then Benny Morton took it out after that. Some really uh, great trombone playing and some great ensemble playing as well. So now we're going to go to the third and final session of uh, the Like Instrument experiment, I guess we'll call it. This is from May 24th of 1944. I guess it's actually the second one. The trombone one came a week later. This is by Coleman Hawkins and his sax ensemble, sometimes billed as the all-star sax ensemble. And we have in it Tab Smith on alto sax, and he is credited with the arrangements. He was a good arranger, did some work for the Mills Blue Rhythm Band and Count Basie's Band, and had a later career as a rhythm and blues saxophone player as well. We have Coleman Hawkins and Don Bias playing tenor saxes. Very easy to distinguish the two of them. Very different sounds and approaches. We have the great Harry Carney on loan from the Duke Ellington Band on baritone sax. And in the rhythm section, again, Johnny Guarneri, Al Lucas this time on bass, and uh, Sid Catlett on drums. So we're going to hear four the four tunes that they did, and I should mention these keynote uh, sides had multiple alternate takes as well. We're doing just the release takes on this uh, date. So we're going to hear On the Sunny Side of the Street, a big feature for Tab Smith. Uh, this, this is a tune that seemed to gravitate its way to alto saxophone players, not the least of whom was, of course, Johnny Hodges, but Tab Smith does a good job here. Then the uh, Harry Ruby and Bert Kalmar tune, Three Little Words, with some especially good Harry Carney. Then we're going to hear The Battle of the Saxes, which was a takeoff on uh, the tune China Boy, which features all hands. And then we're going to end up with a, a Richard Whiting and Leo Robin ballad, Louise, made famous by Maurice Chevalier here in a good swing era treatment, featuring uh, Hawkins and Carney, all the soloists uh, as well, but particularly those two. So those are our four tunes. These are also on 12-inch uh, 
78, so they're about four or five minutes each as well. On the sunny side of the street, three little words. I'm actually going to reverse the other two. I'm going to go to Louise for the third number and end up with the Battle of the Saxes, because that makes more sense, doesn't it? And these are all done by Coleman Hawkins and his sax ensemble. Thank <laughs> you. 
That's Coleman Hawkins, saxophone ensemble with Tab Smith on alto sax, Coleman Hawkins and Don Bias on tenors, Harry Carney on baritone sax and the rhythm section of John Guarneri on piano, uh, Al Lucas on bass and Sid Catlett on drums, recorded for Keynote in May, on May 24th of 1944. So we started out with On the Sunny Side of the Street. I should mention all these arrangements were by Tab Smith, some very good saxophone writing here. We started out with uh, a, a Tab Smith uh, melody statement and ended up with a long cadenza by him as well. In the middle we had a whole chorus of Coleman Hawkins, and then split choruses between uh, Johnny Guarneri and Don Bias, and then Harry Carney taking a short bit of the first half of the chorus before the band took it out. After that, we heard three little words featuring a very Fats Waller-ish uh, Johnny Guarneri solo. Uh, Don Bias leads off the solo, showing off his technique. He was one of the few tenor saxophone players of the day who really could be mentioned in the same breath as Coleman Hawkins. He was a little bit more rhythmically and harmonically even uh, advanced than Hawkins, which is saying quite a lot, uh, and he was embraced by the bebop players, even though he was a swing player. He played with Count Basie and other bands as well. And uh, after uh, Bias, we hear some very uh, energetic Harry Carney. He was always much more forthright in his solo performances outside of the Ellington uh, field. He did a wonderful session for Blue Note with Edmund Hall and some of the Teddy Wilson recordings and so forth. He was really a, a good soloist. He, he was never considered uh, a great jazz soloist in the sense that uh, maybe Jerry Mulligan or somebody was, but uh, he was an excellent section person, section leader, and had a marvelous sound. And when he did cut loose, as on some of these tracks, he was certainly better than good. Then we're going to go, or we did go, in fact, to Every Little Breeze Seems to Whisper Louise, a good dance tune, and had some fine playing in there, especially by Coleman Hawkins, who get a whole, gets a whole chorus in there. And then we ended up with The Battle of the Saxes, which was a contrafactive China Boy, a uh, tune from the 1920s that... Uh, uh, among others, the Mackenzie and Condon Chicagoans made their own. This was a more up-to-date treatment of that with a Coleman Hawkins melody, such as it was. Then a couple of choruses by Tab Smith, some superb Don Bias uh, playing, probably the best playing that he did uh, during this period on that track. And then a very uh, fast fleet chorus by Harry Carney, who was not known for playing fast things, but here he certainly negotiates uh, the tune very, very well. So I hope you've enjoyed this program. Some unusual sides, all recorded for Keynote in 1944, featuring like instruments. The Little Jazz Trumpet Ensemble, Benny Morton's Trombone Choir, and Coleman Hawkins' Saxophone Ensemble, and some great soloists as well. You've been listening to The Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Hope you're enjoying these programs, and do uh, sponsor us if you are so inclined. We'd love to have some more members of the family. And take a look at our backlog. We have about 250... Uh, podcasts and radio shows uh, available at last count anyway and spanning quite a quite a range of jazz styles and lots more to go besides so thank you again and i'll see you on the other side